yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Ville, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. And who the ball? So listen to Professor. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is on a plane so he'll jump in shortly he's actually in the airport trying to connect so we'll get him in there we have ad drew joining us bj jones is literally on the road so ad drew is going to do what he does to make sure we get everything going let me start out first asking everybody how you doing charles uh we're maintaining <laughs> it is it is much all cover brother it is post homecoming Sunday, uh, so you know how that goes. So, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, you know the song say, uh, you know, if you don't win, you'll be quiet as a mouth. Yours might be different. If you had yeah, my mine might be a little different. Exactly. Yeah, you had too much homecoming. You, you still quiet as a mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness, I got stuff falling. As it's it's fun over here. <laughs> <laughs> but let me go to Drew while you uh, take care of that. Drew, how you doing this morning? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine, my brother. Doing fine. And, uh, you know, speaking of homecoming, I was just thinking about something. I have never, and I'm ashamed to say this, I have never been to a homecoming parade just as, as a <laughs> oh, that's participant. Deep. That's deep. Obviously, oh, that's deep. when I was a student, I was in that, uh, you know, post-party mode. I wasn't no way in heck I was getting up at nine, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning to go watch somebody in a parade. I well, participated. I, 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 will, I will share this with you, which is a great point. Yeah. I've gotten up for the parade now that I have the sun, you know, so I've, I had to do it now. But there's a couple of times where the parade will watch me. Yeah. <laughs> <your point>. yeah. <laughs> and I, we would just, I've actually we would participated. Just in the same space that the parade was coming, you know, so right. <laughs> it would watch me. It would get me up. I'm like, oh, yeah. the parade. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do the little wave with them because I was. <laughs> I've participated in multiple parades. But I have never actually just been in the crowd for a parade. Man, that's cool. That's cool. It is homecoming season. It's officially wide around. So welcome to episode 194 of Inside HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBC diaspora, all things HBC sports from institutions large and small. From the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture. As we just talked about homecoming, HBCU Athletic Aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU Athletic Program, the game, and the business of HBCU Sports, everything that goes into both. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Coming in today is A.D. Drew. We are filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCH 1230 AM studios, as we always do. We're in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. As you know, today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency, LLC. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. 
Uh, with that being said, let me jump in here and get these scores, and then I'll get some thoughts to you. Things are uh, tightening up where they're supposed to be. We're starting to find out some things. So um, Southern shuts out Arkansas Pine Bluffs at homecoming scoreless. That's got to hurt. 34 to nothing. FAMU gets it done against Alabama A&M in an epic come from behind win, scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, they win 35 to 31. Big run um, in that game by the running back. Pittsburgh State defeats Lincoln 59 to 7. Prairie View gets it done on the road the first for this trip of the conference right now. Prairie View goes to Daytona Beach and gets it done 35 29. You have Bowie State, the Bulldogs get out in a shootout and they find a way to get it done 51 44. That was on Aspire TV, so I got to watch that. Tuskegee. Shuts out Central State 29 to 0. That's crucial in terms of that West State. I mean, that East, they keep saying we're not dead yet. Virginia Union upset Shawan. Shawan was top 25 team, 38 31. I guess Shawan was still reeling from Bowie State. Lincoln, Pennsylvania beats up on Elizabeth City State 17 to 14. Gets it done. Big first win of the season. Shaw defeats Livingstone 20 to 9. Winston-Salem State shuts out St. Augustine 41-0, to so I guess they get right. Grambling State gets back on the winning track as they defeat Texas Southern 34-20. to That was a homecoming game there. Jackson State in their homecoming affair beats Alabama State 28-7. to Workmanlike win in that game. Miles defeats Lane 34-31, so Miles says we're not dead yet. Langston gets a big win at the top of the division for a showdown now next week, but they take the first step as they defeat Texas Wesleyan 42 to 31. Tennessee State in overtime defeats Tennessee Tech 20 to 13. Big win by the Tigers there. Albany State defeats Benedict 28 to 6. Fayetteville State just drums up on Johnson C. Smith 55 to 12. Morehouse defeats Fort Valley for what many see as a big upset, 51 to 3. Whoa. Norfolk State for their homecoming, they get it done against Virginia Lynchburg, 42 to 14. Alcorn State holds off Mississippi Valley, 24 to 12. Workman like win there. Kentucky State, I'm not sure how you describe this game, 76 defeating Edward Waters, 36. That's a six pack. Savannah of State, coat. Savannah State, 49. Clark Atlanta, 14. South Carolina State, Morgan State, 38-14. Bluefield loses as Erskine comes from behind late in that game and defeats Bluefield State, 24-19. A&T talked all the noise but didn't bring the smoke as they lose to Kennesaw State, 14-0. They get shut out. Wow. Texas College loses to Leon as they were going that close to getting their first win. They lose 33-32. Charleston Southern takes it to Hampton, 35-5. West Virginia State loses a squeaker to UNC Pembroke, 14 to 13. So those are some of the scores. Uh, let me go to you, Charles, as, as Mike tries to come in and out, working on the Wi-Fi. thought we snuck him in there. But, Charles, what are your thoughts? Any scores stand out to you? Uh, definitely when you take a look at Florida A&M and Alabama A&M, that was a huge one uh, yesterday, but – uh, huge for rallies, 19 fourth quarter points. You don't see that uh, uh, very often when you take a look at a team getting it done like that in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think, you know, for me, take a look at the SWAT games in particular, uh, Southern and UAPB. I think Southern's defense needed that 
uh, sort of tonic that was UAPB's offense yesterday because, you know, <laughs> the, you know, I, all I saw was hashtags, we chasing Jason. So I'm like, well, hey, wait, 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 off the ledge, off the ledge, Jags. But a uh, good, good win yesterday. And then Alcorn, they were able to kind of stunt that Mississippi Valley State momentum. Uh, Nico Duffy being able to get off yesterday for another 100-yard game for him. So uh, that was huge for the Braves to kind of uh, keep that momentum going and keep Valley off the rails because that was a that was a game that I think a lot of people were paying a, a, a close attention to yesterday. So you had all those great games, and then of course uh, I'm at, at Jackson State game, and like you said, it was a workmanlike performance. Uh, you know, uh, seven seven game at halftime, but uh, Jackson State kicked it in the gear. One of the things uh, that really stands out with regards to that Jackson State game, no panic from the team. Uh, it was a simply a situation where they knew what what needed to get done, and they proceeded to put their foot on the gas in the second half and was able to close out a very game Alabama State team who uh, I thought uh, had a tremendous defensive performance in the first half of that game. Good point. Aiden Drew, any scores stand out to you? Well, yesterday everything pretty much went chalk except for in the CIAA where you had two things that could be considered by upsets. Uh, Lincoln PA got their first victory on the season, defeating Elizabeth City State. Yes, traditionally, these are the bottom two teams in the Northern Division of the CIAA. But if if you looked at it before the game, yeah, Elizabeth City was going to uh, get the victory, especially considering the fact that they got their victory earlier this season over in Virginia State. So you expect Elizabeth City to handle business uh, despite, despite being on the road. And Union defeating Shawan. Just when you had to, uh, talk about the CIAA possibly being able to sneak a second team into the Division II playoffs, with that being Shawan losing to, to Bowie, with the game being as close and competitive as it was to Bowie, where they looked like they had a little Bowie hangover, uh, no pun intended, Charles, uh, so that, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, they had a little bit of a hangover and did not take care of business against the Virginia Union team. Most thought that they would defeat. So other than that, everything else was pretty much chalk, and especially when you talk mm-hmm. about that uh, six-pack of whoop that Kentucky State put on uh, Everett Waters there. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Good terminology because I didn't know what to call it, but that was certainly a six-pack in multiple ways. I think to some degree that Kennesaw State shutting out A&T was a little surprise to me. Not necessarily that Kennesaw State won the game, but uh, to do it in the fashion it did was a little bit of a surprise to me. But great points on all in terms of what you just said there. With that, let's get into our first break. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll be right back after this quick break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. So, so. 
shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvinboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com but if they want, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Mill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Uh, we got Coach Eric Duty, Prairie A&M University, signing in, so we'll get that straight there. But I did want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, homecoming, so we're going to end up showing you a picture with the 58,000 people plus in attendance. That was amazing, Charles. It's my understanding oh, yeah. that's the uh, largest crowd for homecoming. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a tremendous environment over in Jackson yesterday. You talk about 53,000 people in the stands and probably another 20,000, you know, in the tailgate area. But uh, it was just uh, phenomenal. And it was phenomenal, I think, for uh, this generation of Jackson State fan that might not have seen this. You know, they've seen the pictures, they've seen the videos, but to, to actually experience this swag championship generation uh, to get an opportunity to really, uh, you know, uh, fester in this uh, Jackson State uh, atmosphere of winning football. So it, w- it was good to see that yesterday, a really packed house in the event. Yeah, that's enough of our Jackson State talk today because we have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Coach? <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> uh, you like that, Coach? Yeah, we stuck that in. All right, Premier M University football coach Eric Dooley. It's glad to have you. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your Sunday morning. I know you have engagements and you're getting prepared for church. So we appreciate you uh, taking out this short time uh, to talk about the game that you had, longest road trip in the conference now. You go over, debut uh, on the road trip, getting into Bethune-Cookman. Talk about that trip as well as the game there, if you would, Coach. Well, you know, it's never, it's never uh, exciting and uh something that you want to experience when you know you have a, a long road trip. Uh, you know, thank God that our administrator was able to let us fly in, uh, including the day before. So uh, the flight uh, was a little different. But, you know, you, you get an opportunity to come now and play some football with a, a, a dangerous football team. And I'm not saying they are dangerous because 
they hadn't won a game because I know they're a good football team and I know they uh, football head coach. So, you know, uh, within this conference, uh, you don't have an opportunity to rest on any game. So we knew it was going to be a hard-fought contest, but just for our guys to uh, rebound and come back and, and play hard for 60 minutes, uh, you know, I commend my guys. Thank you, Coach, for that introduction. Let me let uh, Charles Bishop come in and ask you a follow-up question. Yeah, yeah, well, Coach, I wanted to follow up. First and foremost, congratulations on the win yesterday. Uh, but I did want to follow up on you mentioned Bethune-Cookman uh, being a dangerous team and their record not ex- showing uh, exactly who they are. But I, I was curious uh, with this Bethune-Cookman team, uh, great running back with Sean Bird, but just what did they bring to the table? Because I know they're more dangerous than what their record says they are. You know, I think they bring to the table uh, uh, no fit attitude. You know, you're going to have to play for 60 minutes to play for a guy. And, you know, uh, more importantly, they're fundamentally sound. You know, uh, just sometimes things happen and just don't go your way. And, and I think he's caught up into that. But for us having a good football team and having him prepared, that's not Let me ask A.D. Drew to follow up with his question. First of all, Coach, full disclosure, I am a Florida A&M Rattler. So... We, it's not we're hoping it's that Bethune goes over for the A&Ms in the SWAC. Have it lost to you guys and have it lost to Alabama A&M. We just need that third, need them losing that third A&M. Uh, just wanted to throw that in from a personal uh, <laughs> point of view. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, Coach, uh, what, what's the sauce this year? You know, you guys are a game and a half clear of everybody in the West as of right now. What has been the sauce, what has been the secret this year versus some of the starts that you have gotten in the past couple of years since you have been there at AM coach? You know, experience. Experience is good, always good when you bring guys back and guys familiar with what uh, your system is when you're talking about in all three phases. And guys been able to play together for a number of years. That makes a huge difference. And then, you know, you add some uh, little pieces of that puzzle in guys that fit, you know, because everybody just don't fit. Although they're exceptional athletes, everybody just don't have that fit to uh, work inside the locker room. Uh, but, uh, you know, hats off to my assistant coaches. That got, they went out there and got some guys that did fit what we were trying to do. Right now, I just think our guys are just playing fundamentally football and playing uh, with a, a, a no-quit attitude for 60 minutes, you know. And, and I must say, you know, some balls have bounced our way. So uh, we just continue to just work hard and, and correct those mistakes that we are, we're making. And, you know, it's always good to make those corrections with the win. Yeah, to your point, Coach, this team is playing really solid. I want to give a shout-out to A.D. Drew and give him a little bit of credit. He's modest on this. He did state at the very beginning of the season his team to come out of the West was none other than Prairie View A&M University. So it's working to form. I have a big game this weekend. But before we get into that, let me let uh, 3P tell Gator, Mike Washington, ask a question as well as he's literally in the airport traveling. Yeah, uh, good evening. Good morning. I'm sorry, Dr. Camille. You and don't know what time it is. On the road co- uh, covering the uh, Jackson State game. But, Coach Dooley, let me first say congratulations. Tough road victory. Um, it, it seemed like, the you know, it was, it, was a, it was a rough battle back and forth. Um, the offense showed great balance. Let me, my question is, can you talk to us about the maturation of your offense and Joan Pass and how he's getting – more and more comfortable and integrated and settled into this offense as the season matures. Uh, can you t- and tell us your thoughts on that and how you feel going into 
couple of other tough matchups with Alcorn and Southern, which have yet to be played. First of all, let me say I love your jacket. Uh, that's uh-huh. to everyone on this call. I love that jacket. It looks real good. <laughs> hey, 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 Coach, can, can, you tell, can you tell AD Drew that one more time? <laughs> Look, there's only one A&M that I'm going to wear. I just want y'all to know that. Well, you know, I, I think the young man is very, very experienced. You know, he came in with playing 11 football games. And then he came into an experienced ball club that understood that uh, we're not trying to change the team. We're bringing someone in that can help. Uh, but the leadership and just the, uh, the pause that he brought, he brought in, you know, and the maturity it's folks volume, not just with uh, him, but just other guys that we're able to, you know, go out and get, you know, it's so good to go get transfers. And I'm pretty sure all the coaches will allude to it. But, you know, when you get that transfer, that's that perfect, perfect pit, uh, fit, you know, every puzzle's on fit. You know, that's why they, they give you a jigsaw puzzle. You got to put those pieces together. And I think fortunate enough, we've been able to put the uh, right pieces together thus far. Uh, it's still a long season for us. Uh, the thing that we're doing, we kind of in one game uh, at a time. So uh, it's a lot of great football teams in this conference. Of course, the record is not going to show because somebody got to win and somebody got to lose. But uh, it's far from over. And we know that and we just got to keep working. Thank you for that, Mike, uh, in terms of that questionnaire. Let me shift to moving forward um, to your matchup coming up this week. Um, a lot of people anticipated this matchup uh, in terms of Southern. In, ter- in terms of history, if you would, other than what happened in the spring with Pine Bluff coming out of the West, since 2009 and 2010, it seems like it's always been Grambling and Southern. You've been able to go to the State Fair Classic as well, I should say, the Labor Day Classic and really take get the team to take care of business. Now it seems like that next hurdle may be Southern University. Talk a little bit about this matchup. Uh, as you see it, Coach? Uh, you know, it's a huge matchup, no question about it. You're talking about it in the West. Uh, it's always been tight uh, ever, ever since I've been playing in this conference. Uh, it's tough in the West. Uh, but, you know, now it's, it's, it's tough in the uh, entire Southwestern Athletic Conference. But this is a huge <laughs> matchup for us, and, and we know that uh, this team is going to be prepared to play. You know, it's not uh, the situation. That I know they had an opportunity to drop one against – uh, Texas Southern, but you saw how they rebound real fast uh, against the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff team. Uh, so we know we have a challenge for it. We know it's going to be a hostile crowd. Uh, you're talking about homecoming. So uh, whether it was homecoming or not, it was going to be uh, uh, a full stadium. So we know we just got to get prepared and be ready to play and uh, just go down and take care of business. Charles, let me let you ask the follow-up question as well. Yeah, well, uh, when you preview this game, uh, Coach, uh, just talk a little bit about uh, what you think your team needs to do uh, to, to try to get this victory uh, this upcoming week. Well, you know, when you take a look at it, to some things that they did on yesterday, you got to stop the run. <laughs> they had one guy that had 267 yards rushing. So, you yeah. know, that's something that they, they do well. And they, they lead the conference in the rushing stats as well. So uh, we know that's going to be a challenge for us. Uh, and then when you talk about they play uh, – exciting, explosive defense uh, play. Uh, those guys been uh, playing defense even with Coach Odom there. Uh, now you still have uh, Lionel Washington that's been the defensive coordinator for a while, and uh, Coach Rollins is taking over, and he's a defensive-minded guy. So I know those guys want to make sure that the defense is playing uh, great. And then uh, you look at the special team. They always have a guy that can return, uh, guys that do great things, and they play exciting football. So 
Uh, the challenges is uh, just as I stated when the season started, it didn't matter who we play. I don't even look at the names. I just know it's going to be a challenge for us because I love where our conference is right now. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Coach. AD Drew, you can follow up as well. All right, Coach. We, we, we know the coach speak that, you know, we take one game at a time. We look to go one and oh every, every week. But I look down at, at your schedule and you, you got you got Southern this week, you got Alabama State. Then, then you've got that Alcorn matchup before you go play that other agricultural school in, in your state. I forgot the name of them. But uh, j- j- how do you go and keep your kids focused on the game that's at hand for this week and not get them looking ahead because – as it pans out, this the Alcorn preview game could be for the West Side, Coach. How just like this here? Uh, I don't even know who the other games are. We play Southern University on October 23rd. That's the only game we have. Uh, that's the only game we focus on. That's the only game we should be focused on. You know, I, I'm a guy that I've always been that way, even in just being an offensive coordinator. I don't even look at the other games until that time because I don't want to see anything. only thing I need to see is just what's in front of us. And I know it does sound like a – uh, cliche speech, but uh, that's what I believe in one game at a time because that's what you have to do. You can't look forward for something that's not there. You got to take care of business of the things that's at hand right now. So we pride our guys on that. What's important right now, we have that acronym WIN. And it's not just about WIN, it's what's important now. What's important now is Southern University preparing for them. That's going to be a, a huge challenge for us. Mike, go ahead with your uh, follow up question as well, please. <clears throat> yes, Coach. Uh, and again, forgive me if you hear the background, uh, as Dr. Camille said, I am, I am in the airport. Um, so, AD Drew asked the question, what, you know, you know, what are you going to do to get prepared? You know, what, what are some things that you feel um, that Southern Alcorn do well that you really need to tweak in order to prepare? Let me ask that question in a different way, if you will. You, you mentioned the run. And they are leading the squack and run, but and so is Alcorn. So, what specifically on defense do you th- feel you need to tweak? If I may ask that question, without you giving out any secret sauce. Well, I'll say this here: what we need to do to stop Southern University run, we got to play fast and physical. Uh, we got to play relentlessly. We got to make sure that we tackle. Uh, we can't, we can't hide just chest bump. We got to tackle. We got to wrap up and and tackle. Then the guys got to have eleven hats to the football, uh, and we just got to play our brand of football, which is. Uh, 11 has to the football playing fast and physical for 60 minutes. Thank you, Coach. Uh, I promise I'll let you out of here, and I appreciate you giving us a glimpse uh, of insight in terms of the big win against Bethune-Cookman and then an early matchup, that, uh, an early inclination of what's going to take place in this matchup this Saturday with the game against Southern. Before I let you go, is any last thing that you wanted to say that we didn't ask you or you just want to get out to the prayer be faithful? I appreciate you guys for having me. I, I think it's always exciting when you get the opportunity to talk about your, uh, your school, your, your team. Uh, so it's exciting for me. And then it's even more exciting to know that uh, Charles was on a call, on call. So I had the opportunity to speak and, and talk a little Prairie View football. So we're very excited. Uh, it looks like an all-swag team right here, but I, I love it. Uh, that's what it's all about, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. No doubt about it, Coach. Have a great day. Thank you, Coach. Uh, <laughs> hey, do- as, Dr. as you can see, as I know Dr. you always do, Dr. say Cabille. a prayer for a little bit of all of us. <laughs> Dr. Cabill. Yes. If if I may, Coach still has a reputation as right now being the best dressed coach. Oh, he uh, clean. 
We know he's getting it. We know that. He's cleaner than the board. And he's playing that. We know where that goes. Right there on the premium, the true heel. That's where it go down. We got none other than Coach Eric Dooley. Best dress. He's getting it done. And the record is reflecting just how clean he is. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it, Coach. All right. This is Dr. Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Coach Eric Dooley as they get prepared for a big matchup uh, coming up this week after they got a big win to stay undefeated in the divisional race as things are tightening up, getting stronger in terms of those teams at the top uh, in terms of division, at least for the West. We saw it kind of play out early for the East. Now it looks like it's shifting to the West, and we'll see how it plays up as we have a collision course. For the team coming out of the East, for the team coming out of the West, it should be interesting. Stick with us, and we'll get back into some of these other matchups. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Stick with us. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Coles Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net, and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home. And together, we can be the change. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow And who the ball, so listen to Professor yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Mike Washington inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Dr. Camille, Charles Bishop, and I got the cook. Who's the cook? Cook, AJ, Fred, Trish. What we got on the grill? Oh, man, we're doing it up. We done pulled out these nice grills. Here you go, sir, right here with them chopped up. Ready for the eating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Falling off the bone. So good, you don't need no barbecue sauce. That's, now, that's real barbecue. You don't need no barbecue If you don't sauce. need barbecue sauce, absolutely. Look at that. What you got over there in the big pot right there? Oh, now? man. That's a good trick. Hey, Fred. Hello, that's what you got. What, what you got, Fred? We got uh, corn, potatoes. We got some sausage. We got uh, neck bones, we got turkey necks. Oh, man. And, that, and that's oh, how you do it here in Jackson State. Oh, we got a little secret. We got a little secret. Oh, what's the secret? Not that. What's the secret? We said the trash cans on fire. Look out in there. Hold on. Stop. Stop. Down at the bottom, though. Look there, let's say. Turkey legs. Oh, turkey legs at the bottom. Oh, my goodness. And there you have it. 
Mike Washington inside the HBQ Sports Lab covering the best tailgaters in the squash. Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, you got Charles no. Bishop sitting up there like a Chester Cheetah cat. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Y'all wrong for playing that video this early in the morning because a brother has not had breakfast yet and my mouth is watering over here. Look at that, that man. Yeah, man. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. That was good. Well, uh, Mike, let me go to you and just ask you, since you debuted that video, you know, tell quickly a little bit about your experience uh, getting out to Jackson and just your thoughts uh, in general. Yeah, so one of the things I like to do, is, as you and Charles know, is rate the tailgating scene. And there's a couple of criteria I use. You know, one is creativity, you know, number of RVs, how long they've been staying there, what are the different elements. They have, like, you know, stages uh, or small concerts. And I knew that Jackson State could, could tailgate. But I text CB, I was like, I think I text you, Doc. They, they moved up well into the top five from my perspective. <laughs> Uh, of ta- of tailgate, you did, you did. <laughs> so that 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 fifty five gallon drum that was creativity. They they, <laughs> they took a fifty five gallon drum and put layers in it and put the turkey legs in the bottom, and then they put the ribs on the top. That is creativity. That's one of the elements in the tailgate. And plus, it was just good fellowship. But hats off to the Jackson State folks. Terrific tailgating scene. I'm not saying they're the best, but they are well up in their top five for sure. <laughs> uh, great report. Well, I, I, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> great report. So y'all know if Mike comes around, he will travel. He was a celebration bowl earlier. So we'll play that. Um, uh, actually, me ask Mike Challenge. We'll play it in the celebration bowl segment. But Mike will get around, so don't be surprised if he shows up. Uh, he puts you on camera. Go ahead and make sure you answer because it's big time. Go ahead, Charles. And watch this, Dr. Cavill. Let me let me show you how Jackson State fan really is. If Mike says we're in the top five, if Jackson State gets to the celebration bowl, you're gonna have people inbox with Mike. Hey, we want to be number one. So I, I can tell him that, that that's gonna happen now. <laughs> hey, 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 Mike. That's when you know you're a true tailgater when your tailgate travels to other cities. Yeah, exactly. That's when you know. Exactly. Well, hey. that, that's another factor where your tailgate travel. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Plus, they need to make sure they give you a plate. That's one way to make sure that you get higher ranks. You can't show off everything you don't offer no plate. That's part of it, too, the collegiality. <laughs> With that being said, let's get back into it and get into some of these uh, matchups, these great matchups. Let's go into um, some of these mid-major matchups as we talk about. Wasn't again, wasn't the classic of the week. So we got into a homecoming of the week since we're talking about some homecoming. Let's do the mid-major homecoming game of the week. It was Clark Atlanta Panthers, 2-4 and four on the season now as they lost 0-2, but they represented themselves well after a win last week, got on the board. But number three, Savannah State Tigers, 5-1-3-0. They got it done as they handled Clark Atlanta Panthers, and they set up now a big matchup. We can talk about both of these, a top-five matchup, basically three versus four with Savannah State and Army State, which will go a long way, if not close out who's going to win the Eastern Division for the championship. I'm going to stick with uh, A.D. Drew, one of our resident SIAC uh, football analysts and experts on here. What are your thoughts in terms of that matchup uh, in terms of Savannah State, Clark Atlanta, then going into the Savannah State, Albany State matchup as well? You know, first of all, Savannah State is a scary team for, for Clark Atlanta. 
And what do I mean by a scary team? They they open the game great. They finish the half great. The third quarter has been lagging for Savannah State all year, mm. but they still come out and they dominate and they they dominate their opponents all except the one Valdosta State in the other, in the other three quarters. Question is, can they get away with that formula mm. against an Albany State? Because Albany State, uh, top top twenty, one of the top defenses, it not in the SIAC, but in Division Two, period. So, how's that? How is how is Savannah State going to match up and put together a complete game? Because if Savannah State puts together a complete game, they can beat Albany State, but. The fact that I have not seen Savannah State put together a complete game, that matchup that we're talking about that's upcoming, you have to lean towards Albany State because I have seen Albany State put together four quarters. I love it. Top five matchup next week. Before we get into that, and I shifted to you, Charles, tell me your thoughts in terms of what Langston Lions were able to do against a formidable foe, Texas Wesleyan Rams, that was um, one loss on the season at the top of the conference. You have Langston beating Texas Wesleyan 42-31. Great homecoming victory for Langston. But now they got to go to Arizona and they uh, fight off against another undefeated team this weekend. So talk about either one of those matchups in terms of the mid-major game. Your thoughts on either of those games that passed or what's coming up this week in terms of the mid-major division, if you would, Charles. I'm looking forward to the Auburn State Savannah State game. Uh, I think that's going to be a tremendous game. AD touched on it with uh, Savannah, Savannah State. Uh, if they can get away with having that lag quarter, because Auburn State is just balanced. Uh, you take a look at them, what they do from an offensive standpoint and from a defensive standpoint. Uh, they 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 really are a tough team to prepare for, and you just can't have those down quarters. One of the things that I've, I've caught with regards to uh, listening to Coach Prompt talk about winning the quarter. And I think that's one of those things that uh, AD touched on uh, in terms of uh, having that down quarter. And is it one of those situations where it can eventually catch you up? So, uh, you know, that, that was great insight on that, uh, AD, uh, in regards to Savannah State and Albany State. Langston just continues to do it uh, week in, week out. That was a, a formidable opponent in Texas Wesleyan. And uh, for Langston to continue uh, to keep the uh, – the, the bus rolling, if you will, that was uh, tremendous on their part. So, you know, a lot of great action uh, over there in, uh, in Division Two ranks in the past week. I'm I'm still catching up on scores. I know one that, that, that caught my eye was Virginia Union and Showan. I, I was not expecting uh, uh, Virginia Union to get that that W in there uh, on the road uh, at Showan. So, I you know, hats off to them. And the Bowie State, Virginia State uh, shootout. Uh, Bowie State that has that tremendous defense, but I tell you what, Virginia State put put a scare on them with 21 points there in the fourth quarter. So, uh, 51-44 game uh, uh, for Bowie State, Virginia State. So, those are some some games that really caught my eye as I was uh, per, uh, in my post Jackson State something uh, yesterday. <laughs> something, <laughs> yeah, something. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, uh, in both cases. That big win by Virginia Union over Shawan now sets up a Bowie State-Virginia Union matchup this week that we can get in a little more throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, but going to Mike, to your point, is the other game that sets up the one that 
I asked Drew about, which is now the Savannah State and Albany State. The reason you have that matchup of undefeated teams is Albany State got it done. The Golden Rams, 6-1-3-0, defeat uh, number nine, Benedict Tigers, a top 10 matchup. So Albany State is playing some of these top 10 teams as the West, uh, the East, I should say, of the SIC is loaded. Well, they get it done 28-6. to six. It was interesting because at half it was 9-6. It was a game. They shut them out for the second half uh, in terms of getting it done against the Tigers of Benedict. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this Albany State Benedict uh, score and then leading into what now becomes the serious matchup between Savannah State and Albany State? Albany State has many people thought this season's favorite, but coming into the season with Savannah State, so it's matching up to a classic game, if you would. Well, uh, first things for, first, I was at, you know, I was at the Jackson State homecoming, and to let you know how dedicated these fans were, a couple of them recognized me. They knew, well, they knew Charles Bishop, and they knew I worked with Charles Bishop, and they said, hey, man, let me correct you on a few things. It's not Alcorn, it's Alcorn, because he was married to somebody from Alcorn, and when you say Albany, if you have a wife, you should know it's Albany. So I just want to make sure I say that correctly <laughs> on the show. Jackson uh, State fans. Point well correctly. made. Point well made. With that being so, said. So uh, Albany has a defense that is not talked about as much. And I look forward to that matchup. Um, I, I echo the points that CB and uh, AD were talking about with Savannah State's letdown. I'm not as concerned about that. They have a pretty uh, efficient offense that's getting more prolific by the game. They are my pick to come out of the SIAC. Um, but that will be an interesting game. Can Albany's uh, defense really put a stop or put a chokehold on that offense? A classic good defense versus a good offense. Not that Albany State doesn't have a, an offense. They're third, uh, second or third in the rush, second or third in the pass in SIAC. But that that – you know that Savannah State offense is something else, and they've been they've been able to put some points on the board when they needed to. So I, I really look forward to that. And Langston, I've I've given you lots of grief over Langston, but this was the game we said, all right, here's their first real tough competition in their schedule, and they were able mm. to successfully do it. So I, I am now a Langston fan. Great point. Finally got Mike over the field on Langston. I like that. You get that eighty two. That yes, was right. Sir. Yes, sir. We've been, trying to, we've been trying to get you over to the dark side. Hey, quick, <laughs> Finally. quick point before you go to you go to break, Doc. Uh, quick, quick. I'm going to make this quick. This game, watch the Division II regional rankings yes. after this Albany State-Savannah game. Right now, Albany is, Albany is in there. And if Savannah wins, based on Savannah's strength of schedule and a few other things, there's a chance the SIAC could be left out of mm-hmm. the, uh, the the playoffs. So if you want to see a SIAC and a CIAA team, you, you almost want Savannah to win. Or, I'm going to take it one step further, uh, Savannah win could leave Albany in, bump Savannah in, and possibly bump out a CIAA team out of the playoffs. It's going to be real interesting uh, over these next couple of weeks, how that how that region uh, plays out in the Division Two rankings. Great point. Thanks for sharing this, Doctorville Inside the Sports Lab. We'll be right back for our last fourth quarter as we get into the major division matchups 
uh, that we focused on this week and tell you some upcoming games. I know one you already know uh, coming up this next week. But with that being said, let's get into it as we get to this break, and we'll be right back for the fourth quarter. The stretch is in. Four fingers, baby. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download we look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot of who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab into the fourth quarter, the last matchup as we get into it. As we got Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, breaking down the weekend games that we had, it is getting interesting before we get into teasing some games out to watch this week, next week, I should say. This week's games will stay with this homecoming theme. Grandin, Louisiana, Eddie G. Robinson Memorial Stadium, Texas Southern had the big win against Southern. Could they take care of both Louisiana teams? No, it was not to be. Grandin State Tigers improved to three and four. Two and two in the conference race, while Texas Southern falls to one and four, one and two in the conference race. Grambling defeats Texas Southern 34 to 20. A lot of penalties in that game for Texas Southern that kind of derailed any real chance they have. Let me stick with you, AD Drew, uh, in terms of what were your thoughts in terms of this matchup and the fact Texas Southern now comes home to play a couple of games. Um, we just talked about this at break. I was looking at another game. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Southern. In- <laughs> I do give y'all a script. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Let me go into Charles, and we'll come back to you as you bring it down. Please, I was I, I was immersed in looking at stats from another game. <laughs> no sure. problem. I, we'll get into I mean, another game, which I'm sure is a and and Kennesaw State. That's coming up next. But with that being said, Charles, what were your thoughts and breakdowns on the ground in the Texas Southern game? Yeah, really, I was really intrigued by the uh, freshman females, uh, Noah Biden and, and Andrew Body uh, for both teams and, and, and what would be the keys to this game. And as you saw with this game, it was turnovers, Texas Southern's turnovers. And it's been one of those bugaboos that, uh, you know, when they aren't able to overcome themselves, it is, it is what is what has derailed them. So it has been refreshing to see them uh, over the past couple of weeks, you know, to not have those killer mistakes, but uh, those those mistakes kind of came back to haunt them. Big 17-point-four quarter for uh, Gremlin in this game, uh, but uh, Gremlin got it done. You got to pr- protect those uh, home wins, got to protect homecoming, and they were able to get it done against Texas Southern. Yeah, that 17 points in the fourth quarter ultimately becomes the difference in the game. Let me go to Mike. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the Gremlin Tiger, uh, Texas Southern matchup, and you can throw in some thoughts on number six, North Carolina a t on the road falling, getting shut out to uh, Kennesaw State 14-0, top 20 team at the FCS level. Yeah, so first on the Texas Southern thing, I, I think you, everyone has touched on it. I mean, I think they had like nine penalties for, I, I think it was north of 150 yards, and I don't think Gremlin had any uh, penalties. Uh, Texas Southern also had three turnovers. Gremlin had four. But here's the thing that I'm scratching my head at, you know, I believe uh, Texas Southern had way more offensive output than Gremlin, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was their chance. I personally thought that they would have a better showing and had a chance to pull this game out. But unfortunately, you can't do anything with, you know, nine penalties and, and, and three turnovers. It's just tough to win like that. And that makes it tougher because I believe they have Alcorn and Southern coming up, which Alcorn is, has found its secret sauce. Southern has, started, has found that it can run. So uh, it's going to be really tough on Texas Southern. The one bright spot is uh, Andrew Bodie continues to play really well. Um, but uh, we'll see how they, they perform against Southern and Alcorn coming up. But uh, it's, it's not looking too up, uh, too good for Texas Southern. And then uh, as far as North Carolina and T, I, I thought Kennesaw State would win. I didn't think it would be a shutout. Uh, right. North Carolina, yeah. So I, I – they, they, you know, they had some good output, but uh, I didn't think they would get shut out. Yeah, great point. And we'll get an update for folks jump on you. Southern did get the win. Over, I mean, Texas Southern got the win over Southern. So you're talking about Albany, I mean, uh, Alcorn State, uh, yeah. as you would say. And they have Pine Bluff coming up. In terms Pine, of I'm sorry, games yeah, Pine Bluff. Let me go to you, A.D. Drew, in terms of your thoughts on those two matchups. Uh, <clears throat> Kennesaw State, North Carolina, North Carolina A&T. First of all, if you're a North Carolina A&T player, got to be disappointed when you're only playing in front of 9,000 fans on a consistent basis. When you came from the BAC, where you were playing in front of 15,000, 20,000 fans on a consistent basis. And you would thought you would have thought with the game being in the metro Atlanta area, you may have had a little bit of a bump in attendance for uh, at Kennesaw State. Don't know what their average attendance is minus the A&T game. I, I looked it up. But it was just under 10,000 for this particular game. Now, you talked about the game and why they got shut out, Mike. Anytime your punter has more yards off of his foot than you have as a total (laughs) team, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. As the punter punted for over 200 yards and the team only got 
170 yards of total offense. Not a formula for success in most football games. I'm just saying, you know. So, yeah, I, I love the point, but you're right. You punt for more yards than you have total offense. That's not a recipe for success. No. Uh, but when, when you go down and look at it, it, in the fourth quarter of this game, there was a play where A&T was driving. I believe they were in the red zone and got stopped on that fourth down play where, and we've seen this, the referees pulled out the sticks on A&T instead of eyeballing it and like they do most of the time, just giving them the first down. They actually pulled out the sticks, took the measurement, and A&T was short. <laughs> then when, when Kinsaw got the ball back on the next drive, a similar type play, they just eyeballed it. First down, let's get the truck <laughs> ran out and let's get the hell up out of here. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, he welcome to the he Big South, North Carolina like, wow. A&T. Welcome to historically white college football as the spot in the conference. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Charles, wow. let me go back to you and give you a chance to talk about this A&T, as well as the big win by Tennessee State. Top 10 team, number nine this week in my poll, getting it done against Tennessee Tech. I told everybody I had an eye on this because Tennessee Tech really beat up on North Carolina Central. So I wanted to see how Tennessee State was turning the curve. Also, the value that that win does for Jackson State with the win they had over Tennessee State. So I wanted you to kind of talk about both of those matchups. Tennessee State wins it in overtime, 20 to 13, uh, as they score late to send it to overtime, and then they get it done. as you look at that matchup, and then obviously the shutout by the Aggies uh, to Kennesaw State. Talk about those two games, if you would, Charles. Yeah, uh, as far as uh, North Carolina A&T and Kennesaw State, uh, uh, that was a surprise. I, I wasn't as, I was not expecting A&T to get shut out in, in that game. Um, uh, that really kind of caught my eye. Uh, A&T, tremendous football uh, that they played over the past few years, and uh, to see that shutout, uh, that, that welcome to the Big South moment. Uh, you know, I was not expecting that uh, to your point with regards to Tennessee State, great win in overtime. And like you said, I think that bolsters, you know, Jackson State's win over Tennessee State. Uh, what we're starting to see now is this Tennessee State that they seem to be jailing a little bit more under Eddie George. Uh, Jeremy Hickbottom is playing some pretty good football. Uh, when you take a look at uh, his stats, he's 20 to 34, 256 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But uh, they got that running game up and going a little bit more yesterday, 120 yards on the ground yesterday against Tennessee Tech. And, you know, that's kind of been the formula for success for Tennessee State winning ball games, big uh, bruising offensive line and getting those running backs coming in behind them. So uh, that, was, that was pretty good to see that. You know, uh, Rockman, I believe, had a huge game for Tennessee State as well. He had over 100 yards receiving. So uh, I think what that win does, it does bolster uh, Jackson State standing, if you will, when you kind of start uh, examining those pole breakers a little bit more. So uh, great win by Tennessee State yesterday. Yeah, it, it intrigued for me when you look at Tennessee State and it kind of mirror, mirror uh, what um, Coach Eddie George played in college at Ohio State. They really like to enforce their will. Uh, play to the run, and then they'll do some play action, get the wide receivers in there as they kind of pound it. Uh, but I like the fact that they play for four quarters. So they keep it close, give themselves a chance to win, especially where they are with talent-wise. But you mm-hmm. also talked about what I asked you was Tennessee State and Jackson State. Getting into that in terms of SWAC and MEAC as we get prepared to close out, uh, talk a little bit about first 
South Carolina State getting on the win as they pound Morgan State 38 to 14, and they go on that conference strength to see what they're doing. Obviously, everybody's eye is on Norfolk State and potentially South Carolina traveling to Norfolk State in terms of base that final game, but you do have some games in between there. For example, you have Norfolk State and Howard this week after they got the win over Morgan State. But this week is South Carolina State pounding Morgan State 38 to 14. And then you had that top 10 matchup with Jackson State getting it done at homecoming. Uh, that same thought process there over number seven Alabama State team, 28 to seven. If you would, sticking with you, Charles, talk about those two games out of the SWAC and the MEAC for the games of the week. Yeah, really kind of surprising with regards to uh, Morgan. I did expect South Carolina State to win that ball game, but uh, just Morgan just has not been able to put up much of a fight from an offensive standpoint. Uh, it is really watching paint dry when you watch Morgan State football. Uh, Jackson State and uh, Alabama State, uh, and, and, and you know, it's almost – I asked Coach Prime in post-game press conference, it's almost rinse and repeat week in, week out for Jackson State. Uh, defense pretty much chokes you out from running the football, and it makes you one-dimensional. Uh, and and that's pretty much what happened yesterday uh, with regards to Jackson State and Alabama State. Uh, and it's just a matter of, of, of when. When does the Jackson State offense kind of kick in the gear? Uh, we saw them have a commitment to the run game yesterday. Santee Marshall uh, had 24 carries for 96 yards. But uh, overall, Jackson State went over 100 yards run, running the ball yesterday. But again, I, th- that defense sort of controls the game. And, and that was one of the big things that you kind of take away from that. Uh, you know, I, I thought Alabama State tried to stay committed to the run, but there was just nothing much there. Ezra Grange and Corey Merritt both couldn't get up and going, and you put pin the hopes on on, on the quarterback, Miles Crowley, uh, who did make some plays in that game. But just overall, Jackson State's defense is just uh, so tough in terms of what they're able to get done, and they really hold the fort down until the offense uh, really gets going. And, and on a side note, uh, Sandy Marshall, huge game yesterday, 96 yards rushing, but uh, Coach Prime, there was a huge scene in the uh, post-game locker room, awarded a full scholarship to Santee Marshall. So that was a great scene to see that go from young man go from walk-on to full scholar. So, uh, and they talked a little bit about that in the press co- post-game press conference as well. Man, I appreciate you sharing that insight. And you can go talk, uh, check on Instagram at Charles to go see um, the behind the scenes. Look when they actually made that announcement. I'm sure that's coming. Uh, shout out to those. Uh, talking about your paint dry comment. <laughs> but with that, let me shift to AD Drew in terms of those two matchups in the SWAC. It was top 10 matchup. Number seven out of them state hit the road against number one. Uh, as you know, the score there, but you had South Carolina, the Bulldogs hosting Morgan State. Talk about those two games, if you would, Drew. I'll, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought Jackson State was going to put up a few bull points against Alabama State coming into this game. You know, Jackson State is on the revenge tour, as as people like to say. And we all know what Alabama State did to Coach Prime last year. So uh, credit to Alabama State, though. That that defense yeah. really played well in the first and, half. And, so, and, yeah. and that's, that's what I was going to get to. You, mm-hmm. you know Jackson State was on a mission to – uh, put the, put their foot on Alabama State's throat, and Alabama State hung around that game longer than most people would have thought they would have been able to hang around that particular game. Now, shifting over over to the BAC, it, uh, South Carolina State is almost becoming an afterthought with that poor non-conference record that they mm-hmm. have, and mm-hmm. in the BAC, we've got as as Mike likes to say, we have two data points. In the BAC, both of them are against Morgan State. 
Morgan State is the 125th ranked team out of 126 teams in FCS, i.e., the data is skewed. The curve is busted right now when you compare <laughs> what these two teams have done against Morgan State. You you might get a data point this week when South Carolina State takes on Howard, but the 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 the, the spreadsheet is still incomplete. Great point. I'm glad that you put a period on that. Let me go to you, Mike, for the last one here. Break down these two matches other than me, I can swack. Uh, I know you get into the data points, so uh, I'm sure in a lot of ways you agree with Drew that says that those data points against Morgan State is not going to make you smile. But you also got a chance. You were there live. You were in the mix. And so you got to see um, Jackson State between the top ten matchup, Alabama State and Jackson State. Talk to, uh, both, to talk about both of those, if you would, please. Yeah, let me, let me start with uh... – the, the Bulldogs. I, I, I didn't give much <clears throat> credence to that game because Morgan, they're in the cellar in terms of rushing. <laughs> I don't even know if I call that a data point. <laughs> He's right. That is skewed. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you watch Morgan say they can't run. They can't pass the ball. So you expected the Bulldogs to come out victorious. And I, don't, I hope that's not surprising. It is somewhat of a data point. But I think you'll see more of a data point, as Drew A.D. mentioned, when they go against Howard next week. So we'll see what they can do because Howard does have have somewhat of an efficient offense or effective offense, I'll say. Uh, With regards to the game, uh, tremendous game by Jackson State in the second half. I thought they were going to put up more points. Uh, Credit, uh, and I think C.B. was saying, to Alabama State's defense. We're sitting in that game. We were up in the press conference, and we were like, when is Jackson State going to turn it on? It was 7-7 going in the half. They played a great game. But then I get, I don't know what Dion or Coach Prime said in halftime. Uh, they kind of turned it up a notch or two or three in the third and fourth quarter. But that defense, you, you know, it controlled pretty much the whole game. So I, I will say they have a beast, Jackson State. And I think number seven, the receiver, Corbin. Dude yeah. is a beast. Get hey, the ball hey. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was going to say, I, I, to your point, I, I think the thing that um, that comes out was there wasn't, there was never any panic whatsoever. I, no. you, you mentioned it was 7-7 at halftime, but there wasn't a, a rah-rah speech. It was basically, you know what you need to do. And, you know, yeah. there there's a, a sort of quiet, confident swagger that I don't think everybody gets a chance to see with regards to this football team. And it was very calm, very, you know, you know, just workmanlike, like, listen, you know, turn it up a notch, turn it up a notch. And Coach Prime mentioned that he thought the practices uh, going into Thursday, Friday were very lackluster, and they t- seemingly turned it up a notch at the end of the week. And he figured that was going to be the case with regards to this game. Homecoming being what it is, yada, yada, yada. But uh, guys just seem to some type of way, you know, flip the switch and and and, and go from maybe 8 to 10 uh, in the second half. And, that, and that's essentially what happened in this game. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, this Corbin is a B. Isn't he the – I believe he's a transfer from U of H. Is that the Yeah, one? Keith Corbin. Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Oh, my – this this kid is – if he's not the best by the end of the year, one of the best receivers in the SWAC, I don't know what we're looking at. We're looking at the wrong data points. Um, I saw some snatches and catches that this kid make, made, and he was unbelievable. 
Um, but but uh, the the defense to me was the player of the game. They never, you know, you you never felt that Jackson State was in trouble, even though it was yeah. seven seven going into halftime. You just never felt that way. Right. So, and I, if you'll allow me, game day experience at Jackson State, and I'm comparing it to a lot of other data points. Tremendous, tremendous. The way the the announcer got kept the crowd involved in the throughout the entirety of the game. I know you didn't ask that, Doc, but tremendous. No, I'm glad you're sharing it. I've seen a lot of games, but that, that that game day experience blew me away from the way they ran the halftime show to the music selection. He kept the old and the young integrated into the entire game. Um, there are a couple of other schools that can take note of, of the way Jackson State hat, shares that and puts on a game day experience. Wow, big, big statement. And that's coming for our resident. A traveler, so he's going to let you know. And when he talks about that, he's not just talking about HBCU sports culture. He's talking about uh, what we call the Power Five because he sees that as well. Him and another brother, Edwin Drayden, that is able to see things in the uh, Pac-12, but SEC, ACC, Big Ten. Uh, Mike has seen it all, even the Big 12, in terms of over the last couple of years. So the consulting work that we do with THG Agency, what we bring to you when we talk about the business side, well, obviously, we're att- attaching it to the HBCU sports culture, what we call the sporting HBCU diaspora. But we have context in terms of business things that we see across all fields. So we like to share a shout out to the lab listeners out there getting it done. As we come to a close, let me tell you about some games we'll discuss this week. Uh, you had at Ottawa, uh, out of Arizona, uh, as Langston is on the road to an undefeated team. That should be intriguing. We did tease out a little bit about the Howard Norfolk game, Washington, D.C. That is Howard's homecoming. Keep your eyes on that. Then we had a big matchup, Kentucky State and Miles College. Uh, A.D. Drew has always told you about watching Kentucky State as they get it done. He's told you earlier about that, and it looks like this will be an intriguing one to see who comes out or at least get that early little niche of the West Division of the SIC. Back to the CIAA, we have a Shaw Johnson C. Smith. We're keeping our eyes on Shaw to see what that looks like. I'm not saying that this should be any type of trouble, but the big game in the CIAA is in the Northern Division. That's Virginia Union and Bowie State. While you have Johnson C. Smith on the road and Shaw and Durham, you have Bowie State on the road again in Richmond, which makes this just a little more interesting after Virginia Union got that big win. Uh, the big win that we teased out very early is Albany State and Savannah State. Top five matchup. Out of the SIC, you got to have your eyes on that. We'll continue to see what South Carolina State does as they go on the road. It is homecoming in Delaware. So Delaware State has a chance to make an early statement. They've won three in a row. Uh, They had a week off. Can they get it done against South Carolina State, what everybody thinks is the team that's going to come out of there? Oh, wait a minute. We do have Norfolk State. With that being said, as we go to the Tidewater area, Virginia area, you have Hampton hosting North Carolina A&T. Can A&T get right or will Hampton get a chance to make a statement? The the HBCU matchup in the Big South is to be seen. It's a game to watch out. The last one, the big one that everybody will have their eyes on, in my opinion, is in Baton Rouge. You have Prairie View going on the road to Southern. This is a top 10 matchup. I'll leak that a little bit as I have run the numbers. Southern will jump in the top 10. So this becomes a top 10 matchup that we will talk about this week. It is Southern's homecoming. Columbia Blue Day, as they like to say in those areas. Can Prairie View come in, make their – early statement in terms of really transfixing the Western division of the SWAC or will Southern do what they do? Keep your eyes on this matchup. We had Coach Dooley in and talked a little bit about it. He admitted 
This is a big game. Thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues, especially our lab listeners. Shout out to you all. Appreciate all the texts. I see you all getting into it in the comments big, big time. I am Dr. Kenyatta Camille, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and A.D. Drew, guesting and priding that football analyst as he does. Again, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Prairie A&M University coach Eric Dooley, sharing some thoughts in terms of the game against Bethune-Cookman and the upcoming matchup against Southern. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock. And you know what we do on Sunday right before church to get you going at 9 a.m. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You know, subscribe, like, inside the HBC Sports Lab, both on Facebook and Twitter. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Drew? Course. Mike? Lecture. Charles? Dismissed. Appreciate y'all.